It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. I'm Stacy Trisankos. And I'm Stacy Farquharson. Good morning and Good happy morning. Tuesday. <laughs> this is the 32nd episode of the second season of the Stacy and Stacy podcast. And we are glad you have joined us today. Um, we want to encourage you to like us on Facebook and share our podcast with your friends. And like always, we're going to start this morning with some scripture and tradition, a quick prayer, scripture reflection, and then Stacy T, Stacy Trasenkos, talks <laughs> to us from the Catechism of the Catholic Church to yes. inspire us with teaching and also um to give us a nugget that we can use in our daily lives. And uh, I love how she ties that into today's challenges and things that are happening in the world around us. Stacy, what's what's today's nugget? <laughs> <laughs> the nugget is um, going into the chapter two of the catechism, God comes to meet humans, comes to meet man. We talked about before how we can know God exists through natural reason, but that's not enough. That's not enough just to know that God exists. God became man through the second person of the Holy Trinity, Jesus Christ, so that he could fully reveal his plan of salvation to us by sending us his beloved son and our Lord Jesus Christ um, with the Holy Spirit. So uh, we'll go into the next part of that about how God comes to meet us and reveals his plan of loving goodness and what that means in our lives today. Okay, well, let's get started. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Good morning, Lord. Thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the rain that you brought. Thank you for um, your presence. Thank you, Lord, for how much you love us. Lord, this is the day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. And we ask, Lord, that you um, help us, help us to bring you glory today, that our words and our actions would be pleasing to you. And please open the eyes of our understanding. Help us to understand your scriptures. Um, give us fresh eyes to see you and ears to hear. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Okay, as always, grab that cup of tea, that cup of coffee, and your Bible, and spend some time with the Lord today. So the gospel says it is in Luke. It says, Jesus said, what is the kingdom of God like? To what can I compare it? It is like a mustard seed that a man took and planted in the garden. When it was fully grown, it became a large bush and the birds of the sky dwelt in its branches. Again, he said, to what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of wheat flour until the whole batch of dough was leavened. And I thought about the scripture in Luke chapter 17. And it says that the apostles were um, asking Jesus to increase their faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, 
be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you. But honestly, that didn't jump out at me <laughs> until I started reading the next scripture. And then I found it. I found the scriptures that spoke to me. And I tell you this because I wanted you to know how I got to a scripture that wasn't exactly in the reading today. And I wanted you to see how the Lord kind of led me. The scriptures stand out because I have a story about them. This is where we're going to land today. But before I read them, I want to give you a little background. I have six kids, two biological boys and four adopted girls. Mm -hmm. One of my girls was 14 when she came to live with me. And I'm telling you, I knew immediately that God had giving, given her to, to me to, to, to be my daughter. She was 14 years old, but I had a love for her that I didn't have to try to love her. I didn't have to work at it. It was just, I couldn't have loved her more had I given birth to her. It was an immediate love for this little girl. And I mean, now it wasn't just poof and everything was great because we really went through a tough season and, and some hard times. But I mean, she'll tell you part of her testimony now and she's grown. She's in her 30s and has her family. But, you know, she'll tell you that the more I loved her, the more she pushed me away. There was just it was really hard for her to trust anybody. But looking back and as hard as it was for me during those uh, years, I can't imagine what it was like for her being 14, losing her family, and then going to live with strangers. Um, I mean, there were many tears, lots of prayers, and a lot of frustrations. So hard for both of you. Yeah, and then, yes, that I mean, I just I, I kept seeing God's faithfulness over and over. So she graduates from high school, moves out, and. I was not ready to see her go. And I think I was so scared because we I was afraid that we hadn't built a strong enough bond in the few short years she lived with me to maintain a lifelong relationship. And I, I mean, I poured everything I could into those few years. It, I just selfishly wanted more time with her. And I mean, I thought about all the tears that I had shed, all the prayers that I had prayed, all the hoops that I had jumped through and the sacrifices I'd made. And I wanted... I wanted the reward of having a relationship with an adult daughter who I truly love my entire heart, all my heart. But after she moved out through a series of miscommunications and circumstances, uh, we stopped talking. And after three months, and I'm going to tell you a million, zillion, trillion, gazillion tears and pity parties and frustrations and prayers, I I truly think I had a three month long pity party, but finally I felt like the Lord started speaking to me. And one morning while reading my Bible, I came across these scriptures and these are the scriptures that I found in the, uh, the Bible this morning. So it says, who among you would say to your servant who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table. <laughs> Would you not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, put on your apron, serve me while I eat and drink, and then later on you can eat and drink? Do you thank the servant for doing what was commanded? Do you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what our duty was to do. 
So this scripture, for some reason that day, really frustrated me. When you have done all that you were ordered to do, just say we are unprofitable servants. I literally said, why would anyone want to work all day in the field, come in and not get paid? That's ridiculous. Why is this even in the Bible? And I remember shutting my Bible and tossing it on the bed. And I went about my day and probably had the biggest party, pity party to date. A few years, I mean, a few hours later, not very long after that, a friend of mine called me and bless her heart. I just unloaded. I told her everything that had been going on and how upset I was. Mm. And, and she listened. But then she said to me, well, are you the unprofitable servant? Oh, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, I could have screamed. I was like, what? I mean, are you watching me? <laughs> Were you here in the house earlier? I mean, how did you know that? How did you know? I just read that in the Bible. So I felt like God was trying to get my attention. So I poured my heart out to God. I just hung up, started praying, and I just started pouring my heart out to God. I told him I only wanted a relationship with her and that I I had worked hard at it. And I, I feel like I had just come in from the field and I was being told, sorry, no relationship for you, no reward for you. You just got to keep on working. And I just, I felt like I had gone above and beyond and I deserved quote unquote, this relationship. I, I mean, I felt cheated. I, I'm just being honest. I was really wallering. So he reminded me of a conversation that I'd had earlier in the week with another friend who had also adopted children. And she'd asked me, what if you adopted 30 children from all over the world? Do you think that all 30 of those children would love you or even like you? And I remember saying, well, you know, some of them might not. And she said, if you knew up front which ones would like you, would you skip on them? If you knew that even though they didn't like you, they weren't going to love you, but you were going to change their lives. You would come. They would come to know Jesus because you adopted them. They would have a relationship with him and their children would have a chance to know God and they would be provided for and they'd be loved and they'd be protected and educated. And would you still do it or would you only pick the ones that would choose to love you back? Well, of course. You know, the right answer is, yes, I do it anyway. And that was the answer I gave her. But then I had to wrestle in my heart because as I sat there that morning, broke good. in front of Jesus, remembering that conversation, I realized that that was exactly what he had done. Mm -hmm. He paid such a high price for all of us. And not all of us choose him. That same high price, though. He didn't pay a higher price for me than he did for someone who doesn't want to follow him. It was the same high price that he paid for all of us. And I realized the pain that I was feeling in that season of my life was not foreign to him. He had desperately, he desperately still wants a relationship with each of us. Second Peter 3, uh, 9 tells us the Lord is not slow about his promise as some think of slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to the, to repentance. He wants all of us to come to know him. He wants to have a relationship with us. And even knowing that we all wouldn't choose him, he still chose to die for all of us. And then I thought there was a little bit more to that conversation that I had with that friend. And I know the Lord was just bringing this conversation back to me to kind of walk me through this. 
But she had asked me that day, why did you adopt in the first place? Like she asked me, did you need a pat on the back? Did you need to say someone to say, good job, Stacy? Did you want people to think you were a good person? Did you just need to be a mom again? Why did you do it? And, you know, when you really dig deep and you have to really do a heart check, you have to really dig deep and get to the root of things. And I started to realize there was a much bigger picture than what I wanted or what I thought I was entitled to. And I began to realize that if I never spoke to my daughter again, I'd still do it over again. I'd still do it all over again. I would go through all the tears and all the pity parties and all the, the heartache again because I would do whatever Jesus wanted me to do. Mm. I've said a hundred, I've said many times that scripture in the Bible, nonetheless, Lord, at your word, that is so, it's so loud to me. And because some, we have to sacrifice ourselves. We have to deny ourselves and, and follow him, which mm -hmm. we've been talking about. And so it was in this moment that I realized, Lord, I'll do what you asked me to do. And I felt like in that surrendering moment to him, to the Lord. I went from being a servant to being a daughter because a servant might be motivated by payment for a job well done, whereas a daughter is motivated by love. When I resolved to not only give up my reward, okay, Lord, if I never speak to her again, if I don't get to have that relationship with my adult daughter, and I said this through tears, but I said, I would go through it all over again. I would do everything that I've done because I know you asked me to do it and I would do it again. And it was in that moment, I felt like I had a, I experienced a freedom and my heart turned from what I didn't have or what I was afraid I wouldn't have. It turned to the one who had me and I became a daughter who didn't demand her own way, but only wanted to please her father, the father that, that she loved. I loved the Lord and I love him because he first loved me. And we are to do and all that we do, we do to the glory of God and love him with everything that we are. And that's what the Lord asks, asks of us. So I do want to say, though, that it was just a few weeks after this revelation, this moment with the Lord that she called me and asked if she could come over. Of course, I'm like, yes, please. Right now. <laughs> I'm standing on the front porch waiting. I'll have a balloon arch. <laughs> <laughs> but it turned out that God had been working on her heart about some things too. Aww. And uh, I'm so proud of her today. She's such a, a beautiful person, inside and out, beautiful, beautiful girl and wonderful mother. And I just love the relationship that we have. And uh, it is great having a relationship with an adult daughter. <laughs> And I was thinking about the story from yesterday, the bent over woman is kind of like if we see ourselves as servants, we're we're committing ourselves to to being that bent over woman. Yeah. But you, you started to stand up straight when you realized you were a daughter. And I think any parent can feel exactly what you're saying, that you you give and you give and you give and you you reveal yourself to your children, I guess, in a sense, the way God reveals himself yeah. to us through Jesus Christ. You, re you reveal yourself to your kids. You show them yourself. You're present. You're there. You're mm. opening your heart up and throwing it all down on the floor, you know, trying to to get things right and, and be close to them. And I think some of the greatest miracles, I mean, it, you know, it would be great to see miracles like 
like the sun dancing around or, yeah. or you miracles at, at church or, you know, I don't know if that would be great because they seem to only happen where there's a lack of faith. But anyway, it'd be great. It's, it's great to see physical miracles, but I think the most wonderful miracles that happen all the time in our lives are in our relationships. Yes. Yes. So, so yeah. you know, th things aren't moving against the laws of nature, but relationships are moving against the laws sometimes that it seems like our human nature, although human nature says we are made to know God and to love God. Yeah. But not yeah. everybody can see that. And our life is a journey. And to tie it to the scripture that that we're reading today with the church and that you're you're telling us about Stacy and tying so beautifully to your own life as a mother. Um I'm moving on in the catechism to chapter two. We're still at the beginning, but in, in part one, the profession of faith. What does it mean when we say we believe? Section one was about how we can know God through the light of natural reason, or chapter one. Chapter two is about how God comes to meet us, how God reveals himself. You say that all the time, Stacey, just, just pray and God will reveal himself to you. And it's so true. He's trying to reveal himself to all of us, to everyone, not just in the trees and the clouds and the periodic table and the things that happen in nature. He's trying to reveal himself to us in a very, very personal way to, to be that loving parent to us, like you long to be to your daughter, mm -hmm. like, we, like we all long to be to all our kids. God desires us to be his sons and daughters, and he desires us to let him tell us who we're meant to be and that we are beloved just like he is the beloved son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And so the second chapter in, in this part of the catechism on the profession of faith talks about that, the revelation of God. So God comes to meet man. It's only got two artic three articles in this chapter, but the first one is that God reveals his loving plan and divine revelation. So that is a big topic. And just going through these little nuggets in the catechism, we, we can't don't have the time to get into it deeply, but this is one of the most beautiful things I learned as a new Catholic that, that God reveals his loving plan to us, that all of salvation history throughout the old Testament and all the ways that Christ was prefigured in the old Testament and the old covenant and the laws um, of, you know, the God of their fathers. And then that leads up to Christ coming, Christ being born as an infant, Christ being conceived in the, the womb of the Virgin Mary, and then being born and coming to us and the life of Christ. And then the passion of Christ, the, the death, crucifixion the, and resurrection of Christ. And then the coming of the Holy Spirit. All of that is one big plan that God is trying to show us the loving goodness that he has. So God doesn't want to just create us or just create the world and wind us up and say, there, go, go do your thing. You know, I made you. Now, it, he, when we say he holds us in existence, it's because he wants to have a relationship with us every single minute of our life. And he's always there for us to turn to and talk about a mustard seed. I think anybody who's who's been practicing the faith for a while 
knows what we're talking about. And if you're new to the faith or if you're coming back to the faith or if you're struggling with your faith, a lot of people can attest to this. And it's not something you understand until you go through it. That mustard seed of faith is a real thing. Talk about a miracle. Um, there's an episode or two where we talked about prayer. And one of the biggest gifts of prayer is that your faith will increase. So it works like this. If you're if you're having a really hard day, kind of like Stacy's daughter um, wasn't sure what to say to her mom. If you're having a really hard day and you don't even feel worthy to pray the name of Jesus Christ, you don't even feel worthy. If you don't even feel like you believe in God because God doesn't seem present to you. That little mustard seed of faith, and I mean it, all you have to say is the name of Jesus. All you have to say is, Jesus, I trust in you. If you can't get that much out, just say Jesus. Like one little act of faith where you turn toward him can grow into, can flourish, can be nourished, can blossom into a beautiful tree with solid roots that grow deep into the ground and are firm and will plant you firm and with beautiful branches that will reach out to the sun and reach out to other people and turn your life into something so meaningful. And that's what we're talking about with the revelation of God in the catechism here. God, I'm reading from number 52, if you look it up in the catechism, God who dwells in unapproachable light, talking about the light of understanding, wants to communicate his own divine life to the men he freely created in order to adopt them as his sons in his only begotten son, in his only begotten son. By revealing himself, God wishes to make them capable of responding to him and of knowing him and of loving him far beyond their own natural capacity. And so I just want to say, because as a woman, sometimes I feel a little strange when I'm reading all about men. <laughs> God wants us to be his sons. I'm like, wait, I, I, that would be daughter for me. <laughs> but he wants to, whenever in theological language or in the, in the catechism or church documents, they use that, the, the word sons and men generically, it means humans, um, human beings. And yes, sons and daughters. And they just, it just gets a little cumbersome if you keep including all of that. Anyway, he created all of us, all human beings. He freely created and he gave us free will because he wants us to love him in return, but he doesn't force us to. But that one little turn, just like think of Stacy and her daughter, that one little turn, that one little mustard seed of faith where you say, Jesus, I trust in you. If you have doubts, that really is all it takes. You will be blessed. If you say it in earnest, you will be blessed with an increase in your own faith. And when you have an increase in your own faith, your life starts to make sense. So you need that supernatural grace. You can't do it by reason alone. You you can't get there. You can get pretty far just with your own noggin and thinking about things and, and uh, your intellect because you are made to know God and you'll get you can get pretty far. But you can't get all the way unless you trust God, unless you're turning yourself towards him and you're saying, what is the divine plan of revelation in my life? What light do you want to shed on my life? What am I supposed to do? I'm not your servant. I'm not your bent over woman. I'm your daughter. I'm your son. And I'm here to do what you want me to do. And so that 
That is, I love how it goes beyond that. Like, yes, you can look at the stars and the trees and the clouds and say, God, I believe you're there. But how much more you can say, Jesus, thank you for coming to us and revealing the plan of salvation, the divine plan of, from God. And that's what, that's what divine revelation is. And we never would have figured that out on our own. If Jesus Christ had not been born, we wouldn't have figured out the rest of the story on our own. And so you see all of mankind, all of humanity. I'm, I'm reading philosophy and ancient Greek philosophy, and I just want to scream at Plato and Socrates and Aristotle. Hey, Jesus comes. You just need to wait a few hundred more years because <laughs> they're getting so close to, to this idea of grace and redemption in Jesus Christ. They're getting so close to it. They're yearning for it. I just want to go back in time and say, you were on the right track. You were almost there. I wish you could have lived 300 more years. But they, of course, <laughs> do. they do know the full story now. Um, but we we know about it. It's been here for 2000 years. And so we, we can very much walk in that light of faith every day. And, and you know, that how does that tie into our everyday? There are so many times in the day. I feel like I'm just casting my net. Like so many times I'm like, Jesus, I don't understand this pain I'm feeling. Uh, God, in fact, I'm pretty mad at you for this, this pain. I don't understand why this terrible thing had to happen. Um, still saying that about the loss of our grandchild and having to see my daughter go through that. Like, I don't understand why this happened. How, how are people, if this is how you treat your friends, <laughs> that's mm -hmm. what I'm saying. I, I'm doing all this stuff for you. And this is what happens to my beautiful children. They get hurt. He's calling us to see the bigger, bigger, like the heavens will part and you will see the rest <laughs> of the story. And I know there's so many things in the news that get us down and get us depressed. There's elections coming up. There's always story like uh, stories about how suicide is on the rise, how depression and mental illness and drug abuse. And those are things that you know come into our house and, and scare my husband and I every day. We, we get scared of those things and mm -hmm. we end up saying, what's our role here? What, what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to say? How are we supposed to guide the people in our lives? And those are the miracles I find most awesome. When I say, God, I'm here tell me impress upon my heart give me the light of understanding to know what to say and do to this person that i love so much today because i'll i'll be a bumbling idiot if it's just up to myself mm -hmm. i'll say things all wrong um just give me the grace and those are the miracles to me that just bring me to my knees i will somehow find the right words at the right time i'll know mm -hmm. what to say i'll have a confidence i'm becoming a matriarchal kind of mother like i'm becoming I'm becoming the queen of my family. I'm, I feel like I'm there and people can depend on me and I'll be here and I'll figure out the right thing to say in the moment because I'll be present. Um, and so it's a beautiful mm -hmm. thing what that mustard seed of faith in our own lives can grow into. God will use you to touch many lives in such beautiful ways. Yeah. You said a minute ago about, you know, asking God, what he has for you. I mean, I call that asking God for my marching orders. Mm -hmm. And every morning I, you know, I have a little prayer time and I have a little journal and it, I mean, it may be three minutes. It may be 30 minutes. There's no set amount of time, but it's just something every morning. I'll just ask the Lord, what do you want to say to me today? Like, what do you have for me today? And 
I try to write down if I feel like, you know, he gives me anything, if there's anything there. I mean, I just, I want to him to lead my day. I love the way that he reveals himself through our relationships. As, as a mom, he, he talked to me a lot through my relationship with my kids. And as a wife, he talks to me through my relationship mm-hmm. with my husband. And it's just so encouraging when we get those aha moments and, and mm-hmm. you know that in the middle of what we're going through, God decides to show us something and it just strengthens us in that moment. Mm-hmm. You reminded me of a, a quote, one one of my favorite quotes um, from Mother Teresa. And she says, I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across the water really? to create many ripples. I, I love that. Like your, your mustard seed, mm-hmm. plant a seed. Because it says in the Bible that one will plant and one will water. Um, but God's the one that gives the increase. So if we just ask God for our marching orders and then do our part, plant the seed that he tells us to plant and trust that he will send someone to water it and trust that he will increase it then we can share in that way we can share his love and across the it'll spread like you said it'll yeah. just spread it'll be a branches ripple. yes mm-hmm. yeah. yes so many metaphors in nature well we hope that you have a great day thank you for joining us i'm stacy trisankos and i'm stacy farquison until next time If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see stacyandstacy.site for more information.